Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugach. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. So Pep Guardiola has signed a new two-year deal at Manchester City. Does that mean that Lionel Messi will be joining City anytime soon? Well, with us today to discuss that, Alan McAnally, the former Celtic Scotland and Bayern Munich striker, Tony Cotty, who played for Everton, West Ham and England, and the Daily Mail's chief sports writer, Martin Samuel. Hello, everyone. Great to see you all here. And Alan, great to have you with us. Thank you very much indeed. Let's start with the big news as far as the Premier League is concerned and obviously Manchester City. Pep Guardiola is going to stay, Alan. Great for City fans. Great for our league as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I've actually said, obviously TC and I working on Sky, I've said loads of times, I don't know where he's going to go. Where's he going to go? He's not going back to Barcelona. Somebody told me he had, a, he had a, some kind of penchant for, for going to, to, to uh, Italy to, to have the whole shooting match, you know, winning a the title there, winning one in England, winning one in Barcelona, etc., etc. And I'm thinking, unless he goes to PSG, who maybe are the only ones that can afford him, he, 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 he always seemed pretty happy to meet Man City and I am genuinely unsurprised but for the Premier League it's absolutely great news Tony does this bring in to the equation the inevitable conversation <clears throat> about Messi because it's obviously not very settled at Barcelona and with Pep Guardiola staying another two years how much closer do you think it brings the possibility of Messi coming to England I think it all depends on the closes, Mark, which we, you know, we sort of get snippets of the closes. I think it, it's, it tends to be saying that it's at the end of the season rather than the January window. So we'll have to wait and see how it pans out. If, you, if you're trying to buy him out of his contract, it's going to cost millions. We know that Man City can afford it, but would they want to do that if they can get him as a free transfer at the end of the season? So I think he, he might well arrive at the end of the season. I'm pleased that Pep's staying. I think he's great for football. He's a wonderful manager, good personality. Only question mark about him from my point of view is they've got to win the Champions League because Man City have spent an absolute fortune. They won the Premier League. They need to win the Champions League now. And I think that's what's in his mind, why he wants to stay at City. In terms of Messi, I'd love to see him playing in the Premier League. It's, it's been my only question mark about him. You know, it's all right playing in Spain and you play against a mid-table or a team near the bottom of the league in La Liga and you beat them five or six nil and you score four goals. It's brilliant and it's hard to do it. But you try going to Burnley on a Tuesday night in the Premier League when they're fighting for their lives and you've got to turn up and show everyone how good you are. So I'd like to see Messi come to prove to me that he's the world-class player that we know he is, but can he do it in the Premier League? And that's what I want to see. What do you think, Martin? Do you think he's going to come, Messi? Yes. I don't think Pep would have uh, signed for two years uh, unless he knew he was going to come, basically. I, I think that's... That's what remains. You can talk about unfinished business and this, but but it's not necessarily unfinished business because they could win the Champions League this season. They could retain the title. They could uh, take the title back off Liverpool. So, you know, to say, oh, I've got unfinished business. Well, that doesn't actually necessarily figure at the end of the season. I think the great draw for Guardiola is he knows that Messi will come now. It, it's, it seems to be finished, Messi in Barcelona. I didn't, think at first, I didn't think it was the greatest move because I always thought that Messi in England would be living his second best career, his second best life and, his, and he would 
always rather be at Barcelona and he would always be hankering for, for that and this would be somehow underwhelming. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that what's happened with Messi and Barcelona is that they've fallen out so spectacularly that he can't wait to get out of there. I mean, he flies back in from Argentina, 15-hour flight. He's met at the, at the airport by tax inspectors. That's not going to cheer anybody up. So, um, I mean, you know... <laughs> So it's 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 one of those things that you know Griezmann's agent um, has a pop at him and says he's got a reign of terror there. And Messi's quote: I'm, "I'm I'm sick of being the problem at this club." He obviously thinks that they owe him one, and that he's not being shown enough respect or gratitude or or whatever. Um, the obvious place for him to go is to reunite with Pep Guardiola. And then that's a fascinating narrative, and you can see how that appeals to Pep. You can see how it appeals to his ego, he must have an ego. All of these guys, you know, you can't be fated every day of your life and, and not have an ego about it. <coughs> he will fancy being the guy that revives Messi's career, um, that, that makes him the player that he was. He will fancy getting the gang back together and having a tilt at the, um, at the Premier League and the Champions League again with a different club. I could absolutely see it. And I think Messi is crucial to it, personally. How good would that be, Alan? It'd be one of those, wouldn't it, where you'd say to your friend, wife, son, daughter, husband, whatever, we're going to get a ticket to go and watch Messi. I mean, one, it would be one of those when even at his age, he still has so much to offer and so much to entertain us when we hopefully get fans back in the grounds. Yeah, I, <clears throat> Martin's right about, <clears throat> I think there's only one. I think in the very beginning of this, I had never heard Lionel Messi say he was going to leave Barcelona any time, and he did early on in the whole sort of uh, restructuring of his contract or whatever he was going to do. Um, and now, when Pep signed it, the first thing I thought was Lionel Messi. And it would be brilliant mm. to, to be able to go and watch him. I had, an, I had an argument with loads of people on Twitter about saying, if you ever... Is he yeah. plays a false nine? Yeah. I think so, Martin. Yeah. 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 Listen, to be quite honest so. with you, I've heard, I've heard pundits saying that he couldn't get in the Man City team. Trust me, he'll play in goals. <laughs> if you play in goals, he's that good. Yeah, yeah. I oh, know, I oh, know. It's, 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 it's the argument you, you, when, when Cristiano left uh, Manchester United and people would, oh, we won't miss him. And you're thinking, are you mad? <laughs> yeah. they, then, they then lost, uh, United then lost, a, a, um, lost the title on goal difference. No team with Cristiano Ronaldo in it would yeah. ever lose anything on goal difference. No, yeah. no, no type, because he would score the amount of goals that you needed to get past anybody else. Absolutely. That's what he did. You know, th these guys are in a different, in a different Let's way. keep our fingers crossed because it would be amazing. <laughs> right. Um, Tony just mentioned Phil Foden. So let's talk international football. Let's start with the flower of Scotland. Alan, well, I can it... boogie. Brilliant. Do you feel a bit, it's not bittersweet because it's a brilliant achievement to reach the Euros, but because of what happened with the Nations League at the end, and just to reiterate, because yeah. it is quite complicated, had Scotland won their group, they would probably have got a World Cup playoff. It's a bit complicated, but trust us. So are you a bit frustrated at the end of the week? Yeah, hugely, because the run we've been on has been, listen, it's not been spectacular, but for Scotland's results over the last three or four years, it has been spectacularly good. So Stevie Clark needs a big pat in the back. And so do the lads. You know, the likes of McGinn and Christie and um, uh, Lyndon and, you know, the, the David Marshall and goals. We've, we've, obviously, Andy Robertson, my goodness. We've just been so much harder to, to beat. But scoring goals is still a problem for us. Now, we get the wonderful result. 
We were the better team against Serbia. Then we're hanging on. Then we get through with the skin of our teeth and pens. Fantastic. Steve makes eight changes for the next game. We get beat 1-0. And I think all those eggs were in that one basket thinking we're going to go to Erzurum and win Mark. And unfortunately, we just, we just didn't do enough. So there's been a little bit of a deflated feeling, certainly for me in my point of view, but the overriding feeling still obviously out with that World Cup playoff possibility is that we're going to be in the Euros next year. And, you know, I think if, if, if you asked a lot of the Scotland fans genuinely, do you want to get to the Euros? They'd probably have taken that and still half accepted not qualifying for the next stage of those uh, of these um, you know international playoff games. Yeah, absolutely. And it is going to be fantastic, Tony. England against Scotland, uh, June the 19th at Wembley. Let's hope there'll be fans. The noise, the colour will be brilliant. And with your England hat on, you think, well, what formation are England going to be playing? And who's going to be playing in those attacking positions? Because Jack Grealish and Phil Foden, you throw them in the mix with, with Rashford and Sterling and Sancho. We didn't see Rashford and Sterling this week, either side of Kane or Calvert-Lewin. You think, wow, Gareth Southgate's got no issues at the top end of the pitch. No, he hasn't. But we, I just spoke about Man City. I think defensively, that's where the problems are for England. He, he obviously doesn't trust the back four. Um, which is great. And, you know, I've played in teams with a back three and you can make it a very attacking system. But if you have, I remember talking to you, Mark, about six weeks ago about the same thing. We, if you play three centre-halves, you don't have to play two holding midfield players. And, you know, he went away from that slightly in the games, which was great. Jack Grealish, I'm a huge fan. He makes things happen. Phil Foden, again, I said it earlier, he'll be one of England's best players in the Euros next year. He's that good for England. You know, if you add in Mason Mount and then you've got the players, Kane, Rashford, Sterling, they've got some Sancho, incredible talent, but they have to get it right at the back. Looking forward to the Scotland game, Mark. It's, you know, we, we all sort of think of Euro 96 and Gaza, etc. And, you know, I, I didn't win that many England caps, but I had the, the, the privilege of playing at Hampden Park in front of the, the Scottish fans and England. We won 2-0 on my head, Maccas, before you say anything. So, um, but, I was on know, the bench. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic. Let's hope we get the fans back and we can all share the experience of, you know, what was the original local derby really wasn't yeah, yeah. it and it's the, the feeling's still there whether you're English or Scottish it's a fantastic game to look forward to oh it's going to be brilliant but Martin it's, it's I know sometimes people roll their eyes and we did it on ITV the other night with, with Roy Keane and Ian Wright when we talk about formations but the way that England are set up at the moment they will have one fewer attacking players in the team by playing three at the back and that's the reality He's got to, you, you think, you know, Gareth came through Euro 96. Um, Terry played uh, with wing-backs. Uh, that's a massive influence on, on, on Gareth, a lot of, of, a lot of that period of, of time. But Venables' uh, wing-backs in, in 96 were very, very different to the way that England are playing now. This is much more like uh, when Glenn Hoddle um, he, he, he perhaps even less so, even less so than that, because he had David Beckham, I seem to remember, as his, as his right wing back initially, and Graham was so on the other side. So we have got two full backs and then three defenders and then two holding midfield players. And when and the players that Tony was was reeling off there, and, and uh, you know, we shouldn't be dull. 
the one thing England shouldn't be, if you've got that those players to call on, you shouldn't be a dull team. And too often in the last year, we've been a dull team. And, and it wasn't against Israel, but then Israel, uh, not Israel. Um, it's Iceland. Uh, Iceland. Iceland. Yeah. It wasn't against Iceland on, um, yeah, yeah God, that's how memorable it was. I couldn't remember yeah. you were playing. <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, yeah. Um, it, it, it was a dead rubber. And you, you can't read too much into that. But... That has got to be a sort of blueprint for the way forward because you, England might not win the World Cup. They might not win the European Championships. The players they've got, they shouldn't be born to win. Um, and that's got to be, as much as anything, the, the, you know, the, the next step forward is to, is to get the most out of a group of players that can really play good football. Yeah, well, there's a lot of attacking talent, so let's see what happens. Let's finish this part on a really serious note. Tony and, and Alan, with your, all your experience of playing, as much of training, though, heading, it's really back in the, in the headlines, of course, uh, with Bobby Charlton, with Nobby Stars, and Chris Sutton on here, extremely emotional two weeks ago, talking about his dad and the state that he's in with dementia. Thiago Silva saying he has suffered headaches since his move to the Premier League. Gary Lineker said he didn't want to head the ball in training at all. What do we do, Alan, going forward from here? Because this is not going to go away, this. No, it's not. It's definitely not. Uh, my father was a uh, quite a famous football player in Scotland um, and he died with dementia. Um, now, was it directly from that? I mean, I can remember my dad telling me they played with a fractured skull, for God's sake, started with this thing in his head and we used to laugh about it, ridiculous. And he went, and, and, and he, he said, you know, he's like, and I couldn't head the bloody thing, so I took it off. And you're like, that just wouldn't happen nowadays. But yet, you know, it, it's part of the game that we don't like. And TCO, remember, I, when, I was, when I was younger in Scotland, we used to play in games where if the ball went over shoulder height, it was a foul against you yeah. to try and keep the ball down. But we still did crossing and finishing. Uh, and even at Bayern Munich, we had a like a, a ball on the end of a string that they could actually change the height of, so you'd have to go up and header it and take it, so you get big a spring, etc., etc. But to take it out of football, I, I just football's evolving into a game that's different than, than probably we played anyway. But it is certainly something that maybe not maybe that the powers that be will have to look into. You know, every avenue they possibly can. That now, I mean, I, I don't know. Is, is the ball the same size? I know it's, they talked about... The, the force is the same, even though the yeah. ball has changed. The, uh, all the scientists say, because Martin and I, I'm sure, look, have been looking at it the last 10 days, yeah. that they say the force is the same. So it's not, oh, well, in the 1960s, the ball was really heavy and it was leather and it rained and it's string and all that. It's mm. exactly the same force. Yeah, but, but Matt, uh, it, it, Matt Rala, I, I think the ball was genuinely heavier because this new almost synthetic ball they use yeah. now with a, with a kind of shiny sheen on it, Having said that, if you head it straight on for sure, but if it's just coming off the side of your head, maybe not. Yeah. That's not so much the problem for... Well, it's not that's a terrible thing to say. It's not the problem. It's when you used to get headed in the back of the head. That was a lot sorer than head on the ball, yeah. by the way. Trust me. Yeah. So it's certainly one that's never going to go away, especially with modern day now with dementia being such a, on a high agenda and so many top sports guys having this problem and eventually passing away with... No, the dementia problem they've obviously lived with for a few years. Yeah. So, Tony, do we ban it in training? I mean, can you... Um, see, no one's talking about banning it in matches yet, 
But mm. Jeff Hurst the other day said it wasn't the match. You two played up front. I don't know how many times you'd have headed the ball every match. Three, four times maybe in a match. I don't know. But in training, Jeff Hurst said that's the issue. And he gave exactly your example, Alan. You know, you've got a ball or basically on a bit of a rope in the gym. Yeah. And you're practicing your heading at different heights. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot to sort of talk about, Mark. I mean, yeah. like on a light-hearted note, whenever the ball was thumped down the pits by the goalkeeper, <laughs> I used to shout, "Macavena, your ball, well, Grand yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. your ball, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. for that one. So I, I didn't used to go for the headers and that. But yeah, listen, we, when me and Macca played, it, it, it was a tough game. It was a man's game. You're getting whacked from behind. You, you, you got a whack on the head. You get up off the ground. You've got stars in your, in your, yeah. in your eyes and everything. And yeah. this video comes on with the sponge, puts a bit of cold water on your head and says, get on with it, you're okay. Yeah. And it was a very basic, primitive game that we played in. I think in terms of the players, the generation before us, they need to be looked after, whatever that means. If you've got to pay for care, if you've got to, whatever it is, they need help with the PFA, the FA, the Premier League. Everyone needs to help these guys because they are the ones who laid the foundations for me and Macca to play. And then we laid the foundations for the current game. So, we're, you know, we all played the game. They need to be looked after. In terms of going forward, I think the youngsters, yes, they pro probably should be banned. For, I remember as a young kid and, you know, just heading the ball up and down on my head for about 50, 100 times to practice heading. Mm. And, you know, that was as an eight or nine year old. And, it, it, you know, long term, that can't do you any good. Mm. But having said all that, you come to the match scenario. I scored over 300 goals and about 40 of them, believe it or not, were with my head. So, you know, you oh, have I'm to... not having that. I'm not that having is that. true, Matt. I knew you'd jump on that as soon as I said it. <laughs> Martin, check that out. That can't possibly yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, Matt, and it shows you it's I not saw a few of them. You are. It's yeah. about timing and getting, yeah. the, the, getting the runs right and everything. But it is a big part of the game. And, you know, you can, you can win Euros and World Cups with heady goals and we mustn't take that out of football sure. as well. Yeah. Yeah, Trevor Brooking scored a winning goal with, a, with his head. With his course. head. Yeah, yeah he did. And, and uh, apologised for it afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've always, yeah, I, I feel sorry to, for Arsenal. You see, I feel I, sorry for Arsenal. I'm getting any with me. I said to him, you're <laughs> trying to get out of the way of Stuart Pearson's cross, surely, Trevor. What do you, I mean, where, where, where I mean, can you ban it in training but have it in the match, Martin? That sounds a bit daft, well, but it look, might no, be a way I think, forward. Look, the match situation is something that will evolve over time. I, I, I do believe it might be 80 years from now. It might be there will come a time when heading isn't part of football. I, I do think that that is a if if all the science and, and the direction that science is going tells us what we think it's going to tell us. In the end, it, it will just they, they, the position will be untenable. Short term. You can certainly that the constant repetition of heading in training. It, it, yeah. There's things you can address now. There's two issues. There's one issue that is a very, very long way away, and, and it takes forever for major changes to happen in life, in sport, in politics. But there's other situations that you can address at the moment, and the fellows were talking about it there, the, the amount of repetitious heading in training, um, the amount of mm. heading that's done by, <clears throat> by young players. Um, and... It's it's unavoidable what we know now. It's it's three and a half times more likely to cause dementia. Footballers are three and a half times more likely to have dementia than than in any other profession. And um, you've got to address that. You've got to address that. And it, and it's it's criminal in many ways that 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 they're not addressing it as quickly as they could. Tiago Silva, you mentioned Tiago Silva. So Tiago Silva is. 660-something club matches. He's 92 mm. international appearances. 
he comes to English football, they say, how is it? And he's saying he's enjoying Chelsea or whatever. So the last two games he's played, which are Burnley and Sheffield United, by the way, he said he's had terrible headaches all week. Now, he hasn't then said, oh, I used to get that in Brazil as well, or I used mm-hmm. to get that in France. That's, that's, that's English football, and that is, that's a match situation as well. So I totally get the point that what we address first is training. My only point on the matches is that we're kidding ourselves if we don't think that in 80 years' time, maybe, you know, well, you know we'll all be long gone, that there is not a logical conclusion to the end yeah. of this. Yeah. I think, I think Martin's right. I think eventually there might be a case where if the ball goes over your shoulder height, like the bounce games we used to play in, yeah. it's a film. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm trying to think of Tuesday, Wednesday, the weekend games, and thinking, what would not have been allowed then? And I can't help thinking when Gareth Bale gets up at the back post and puts the ball mm. back in for Wales and Wales and CC so, yeah. heads in. That, that, I mean, that was magnificent. Bale yeah. jumps, you know, seven and a half feet, for God's sake, to get the ball over mm. Doherty back into the goal. And to, to lose something like that, which is incidentally not only a good ball into the ball, but instinctive by Gareth to keep the ball alive. Sure. If, if, he, if, he, if he has to turn away and the ball bounces, he tries to get back in... He, <laughs> And, and England, like England's out. first goal against Iceland. I mean, it wasn't a particularly memorable goal, but it was a free kick which was headed yeah, in so by um, uh, by Declan Rice off his whatever it would not matter whether yeah. it was head or shoulder or ear. But what are you going to do then? You're suddenly going to go, oh, I can't put this ball in there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what are you going to do with a free kick? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're kind of making well, we're not making light of it. And Martin speaks no. obviously well about it because he's, he'll have to write about this specifically. Tony and I are going to be asked this question constantly because. Yeah. We played in an era where we did header the ball a yeah, lot, yeah. especially me when it was kicked out from the goalkeeper yeah. to try and then win the header to flick on, etc., yeah. etc., et which is even more and more and more and more. But the, the the problem is genuinely that it is becoming such a public issue now, whether, and, and, and Martin said it three and a half times more, if you're a football player, the likelihood if you header the ball and your head is doing this a lot or whatever it might be doing, there'll be a bigger chance of you getting this horrible disease which I watched in front of me my old man deteriorate and eventually pass away back to the domestic scene then and we've got Pep Guardiola against Jose Mourinho City against Tottenham Martin and Jose's pretty chipper at the moment this this is going to be a fascinating one Tottenham are going well yeah Tottenham Tottenham are going well Tottenham could be the 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 the, the Champions, so good Leicester, so good Liverpool, so good about eight other teams, really. You know, so you know, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a very good game. It's a very good game. It's, I'll, I will watch it. You will watch it. What do you, th- what do you think though when you watch it? What do you, what do you, what is your instinct telling you that you're going to see? I, don't, you know, if I could predict football matches, I really wouldn't be sitting there. <laughs> I, I really, honestly, lads, as much as I like you all, if I actually knew the outcome of football matches. Uh, you know, none of us will be here, really. No. So, I mean, what do I think I'll see? They're two very, very good teams. Um, and Marino seems to be getting a tune out of Harry Kane and, and Son that, you know, when he took over the job, oh, he'll kill Harry Kane, he'll kill Son, you know, they won't be attacking. He's getting, he's getting, a, he's got a great, and they've got a, probably the best understanding of any forward part, partnership in the in the league at the moment. Um so they're a threat. Yeah. And I saw them against West Ham uh, a few weeks ago and they were 3-0 up after 16 minutes and you're thinking, um, we could be watching the champions here. This is absolutely exceptional. And then it ended up 3-0. But 
but you come away and you thought we could still be watching the Champions because yeah. it's such a there's so many random elements in this season that I don't think one bad result or, or you know Leicester got beat five two at home by Manchester City. Uh, sorry, uh, Man, Man City got beat five two at home by Leicester. But you know these things are happening. So uh, in terms of what do I think is going to happen? <coughs> yeah. Um, so I'll Tony, do we just let it roll over? Look, look, what? Oh really? Really? You're fancying City, are you? Fair dues. Yeah. Spalding, Spalding beat Man City. Not this Tottenham, not looking a bit more robust, not a bit of Jose dust on I, sprinkled I, on them. T, T, TC will have the answer. TC? <laughs> I, I don't, you can't call it, Matthew. It's, it's a bizarre no. season, is it? I mean, who'd have said yeah. that Spurs would have gone to Man United and won 6 1? You know, yeah. they've got incredible talent going forward. You keep come, I keep saying the same thing about every team I talk about defensively is where Spurs have had their problems. And um, it's noticeable, though, they put Eric Dyer at the back, which I think he seems to have made a bit of a difference, seems to have firmed them up a little bit. But we'll have to wait and see. It's just one of those games. It's a great game to look forward to. TC, are you having, you having Eric Dyer as a centre-half? Because I can't believe Mourinho was on the other day saying, I think he'd spoken to Eric Dyer and Eric Dyer wants to be a centre-half. Mm. I don't see him anywhere close to being a centre-half. And incidentally, the reason that Spurs will, will not beat City is because the four defenders and the goalkeeper of City are better than the four defenders and the goalkeeper at Spurs. End yeah. of. Macker, I agree with that, but I think from I think Eric Dyer will benefit from being a centre half. It's, it's like Declan Declan Rice at the moment at West Ham. He's doing really well as a holding midfielder. I think eventually he'll end up as a centre half as well. And I think yeah. it's just a natural progression for those holding defensive midfielders to eventually go into that back four or back three or whatever it is. But it's a great game to look forward to. City Spurs, yeah. really looking forward to that. Alan, we've got City sure. Spurs and we've got Liverpool Leicester, and obviously Liverpool with a lot of injuries at the back. And as Martin wow. said, with that stage of the season and in that sort of season, where over the next few weeks it's still going to take quite some time to settle down and we're going to have a few results mm. which make us all sit up and take notice. Yeah, absolutely. And Jamie Vardy will be licking his lips at the thought of yeah. no Van Dyke, no Gomez, no anybody almost at the back four, for the back three, back five, back whatever it is you're talking about. The only thing they seem to have the constant at the moment is the goalkeeper, which will help. But they are in a situation, Liverpool, that, well, there's no chance. Even three months ago, you think, yeah, I think Liverpool will probably <coughs> defend the title. And now all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This will be a tough game. And you've already spoken. I think Martin quite rightly said that Leicester went to someone and battered them 5-2. Was it Man City? 5-2, Man City. Man City. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and Martin, genuinely, you might be writing on Sunday morning or whatever it is, or Monday morning, thinking, my God, Bardi scored two goals. Liverpool yeah. are in a, a real problem here. And yeah. it's another great away win for Leicester. You, that, that and, and Leicester, and Leicester might win the league again. Why? Have why? They, yeah. Have they not got more points? I think they've got more points after however many games they've played. Is it eight games they've played now? Um, I think I've got more points than the season they won the league. Yeah. They're arguably a better, well, certainly a better team to watch than they went the team that won the league, aren't they? Mm. And they're arguably a better balanced team. They've got a bit more about them than the team that won the league. Oh, I like the team that won the league. Yeah, I thought, well, we all do. I thought the team story. that won the league, I mean, in terms of the football, what I loved about the team that won the league, you had to do everything against them that <laughs> you did against all the other clubs. You just had to do it three times faster because they were yeah. closing you down yeah. faster than any other team. That, that Jamie Vardy, Vardy sprint out to the fullback that he, that he used to do, they used to give it to the fullback. And then Vardy was on the fullback. I've never seen anything like it. And, and, and I think I saw him beat Liverpool 2-0, I think, in December uh, at, uh, in Leicester. And it was as if Liverpool hadn't actually watched anything of Leicester, because they were still trying to play at the same pace from the back as you normally play. 
unless they were just all over them, particularly Vardy. It was fabulous to watch. Really interesting. Mark, can I just say about Leicester? Yeah. We, they're, they're, they're top of the league at the moment. I think mm. they've won. I think they've won all their away games. I think I'm right in saying. And they've got four of their best defensive players missing. Yeah. Yeah. They've got yes. Ricardo's missing, Soyuncu's yeah. missing, Castagna's missing, mm. and, and Didi, who's probably their best holding midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Four yeah. top players to come into that team. I'll tell mm. you what, Leicester will not be far away this no. year. Mm-hmm. Now, Fafana's played brilliantly at the back, hasn't he, when he's coming? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Well. Let's, uh, and he's let's... a smart guy, Brendan. He's a smart manager, yeah, yeah. Brendan. He, yeah. he really is. What do you think? Uh, uh, what, what, let's talk dust-ups in a second. But, Alan, with your... Celtic hat on. Do you think that in this country, and by that I mean England, people underplay what Brendan Rodgers has achieved, particularly in, at Celtic? Yeah, I have no question about it. The only thing about the Celtic fans and Brendan, they think he kind of jumped ship when they were going for yeah. the treble treble. Yeah. You know, he goes to Leicester. <clears throat> the good thing is that Neil Lennon came in and still did the job, and that's okay. But I don't think that, uh, well, in my opinion, I think he's underestimated. I mean, you, you mentioned all the players that he's got at, at uh, Leicester there. And I throw you Johnny Evans in. Johnny Evans yeah. has been absolutely brilliant, by the yeah. way. As a whether he's a filling in or he's an international player and the experience he's got. But yeah, I mean, I don't know Brendan hugely, you know, a lot. You know, I don't text him or phone him or anything like that. But he's always, I always get a time from him and I speak to him. Um, and if I was going to talk to anyone about football and certainly him being able to go from Liverpool <laughs> to Celtic and then with the greatest respect to Leicester City, neither of those two clubs are as big as the previous I've just said, and still managed to go down there and do a job, tells you everything you really need to know about Brendan Rodgers. He is thorough, for sure. And I'm sure Martin has had plenty of conversations with him. Mm. And uh, Mm. he always seems to be saying and doing the right thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's finish with dust-ups then. And we're going to finish here because there was alleged dust-up between David Luiz and Danny Ceballos on the training ground at Arsenal. Ceballos has denied it, saying fake. But guys, tell us, uh, well... It's different. Everything's different today. In your day, Tony, were dust-ups on the training ground commonplace? Absolutely, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say every week, but there's certainly once a month there was always friction. You've got to remember that you've got 20 or 25 players, even more nowadays, all with different egos, different agendas, different personalities. And like any workplace, you're going to rub each other up the wrong way. When it's a physical game as well, like it, sometimes it bowls over. I remember being um, a 16-year-old kid at West Ham and um, we'd finished training and I, we had the, the old Jim Martin, I know what I'm talking about, down at Chapel Heath and used to peer through the door and watch the first team playing on a Friday morning. Bearing in mind, they're playing a big game on a Saturday and it was so intense and everyone was getting stuck in and kicking. And I remember Paul Allen, who was only a youngster at the time, about 18, and Alvin Martin, very you know senior player, good player as well. And those two had the biggest punch-up I've ever seen in my life on a Friday morning. And every, everyone sort of stood off for a little while and then they separated them. And then the following day, they're playing in the same team and West Ham won the game. So, you know, it happens. It does happen. And there was many other ones. I think Alvin had another dust-up with Matt Rush as well. You know, we're back in the mid '90s, and it, it, it's not commonplace now. But that when when we used to kick off in our day, it was a proper full-on fist fight. Was Julian Dixon your team? Dixie as well, yeah, Dixie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would have thought there was a few there as well. Yeah. But yeah. I, thought, I, I, I thought Martin was going to say he had a fight with Julian Dixon. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no I would have, I would never fight with Julian. There was no sense of oh, we have got a big game tomorrow. We got to, you know, we are on the same team in 24 hours' time. There was none of that. You know, competitive animals uh, even on uh, on a Friday morning it would still go off sometimes I was dying to say I never saw any fighting I was never <laughs> part of any fighting I don't know what you chaps are talking <laughs> about 
But the, the bottom line is, uh, TC hit the nail on the head. This is an intense day a Friday. Uh, and the, the manager might or may not have told you the team for the Saturday, whether you'd done some shape or whatever, uh, prior to maybe finishing with a five-a-side, six-a-side, seven-a-side. I played in teams that simply didn't afford you to have a day off. Playing on a Saturday with Celtic, etc., 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 losing a game is, is, is not acceptable. So a lot of players I played with played exactly the way they did at three o'clock on a Saturday morning, uh, Saturday afternoon, as they did on a Friday morning. And busts up were constant. It's how you deal with them and how you kind of brush yourself off and say, hey, it's a big boys game. You get on with it. And that's exactly where... And I think, I think Martin actually said, and I, I don't know if anybody's allowed to tackle anybody in training now, so I don't even know if that actually happens, to be honest. But of course... Yeah. Bus stops. Do we believe the Ceballos thing? Yeah, there's probably something in it. They probably didn't throw a punch at each other. They probably had a few words to each other, I would imagine. Because the I mean, theory Joe, always was, wasn't it, that if you... I've heard Roy Keane say this to me and, and Lee Dixon said it. They trained so hard because then come match day, some match days were easier than the training because you trained at such intensity against great players. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And, and that's the way it is. It, it, it's, it's an inevitability and, and Tony and I probably had more words with defenders and midfield players than we would have, obviously, with our counterparts yeah. as strikers. I mean, I, there's one particular one. I know we're out for time and all that. There's one particular one about um, uh, big uh, Jürgen Kohler um, with the, the chap Mihailovic who played. And we used to play against the first team four or five against... So it was me and uh, Ludwig Kugel and Mihailovic playing against them and. It was it was comical at best. You could even sense it, Mark. You could sense it in training because it was so intense that it was only a matter of time before Jurgen tried to kick Mihailovic straight down Sabinestraza out of the training ground. <laughs> and it was it was unbelievable. And I'm not just talking about the odd Friday. I'm talking about every Thursday morning and every Friday morning. It was absolutely brilliant. Wouldn't change it for the life. Brilliant. <laughs> Great stuff. Jose Marino's training is is about the fiercest, I'm told. Is it? John yeah. Ter- yeah, John Terry once said to me that he won't stand for it being half-hearted in training. He, he wants mm. it absolutely full-on yeah. in training. I think if there's a fallout in training now, though, Mark, I think they just take you out of the WhatsApp group. I think that's that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Brilliant. And that's it from Game On. We'll be back next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. Don't forget to sign up to your daily briefing from mailplus.co.uk. That's it from me, Mark Pugach. See you next week for more Game On.